Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. You know the way politicians you ask them a question and the really good ones, they'll sidestep it sometimes if they don't want to answer it. They'll answer a different question sometimes to the one you've asked. They've all these... Ta- I don't, where do they learn that? Because I don't, I don't have that. I find it easier to answer the bloody question than to not. It would almost Even take you more energy to... Oh, it would take much to, more energy. Yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah. really have that in me, to no, be honest. No. So in a way you have an absence of a certain filter. Yeah. Which in, t- in, a way, which in a way makes you gold. So, as you can imagine, based on that short clip, my chat with broadcaster Kira Kelly for this episode was, even if I do say so myself, podcast gold. Kira co-presents the News Talk Breakfast Show with Shane Coleman. And it is her job to have a clear and comprehensive opinion on pretty much anything that can crop up in the news. And she certainly does that job well. In this no-holes-barred conversation, we get stuck into all sorts of topics, as I really was hoping I would with Kira, From women in the media and Twitter users versus radio show texters to pronouns, gender identity and the right to hold an opinion that may not be too popular. I also learn about what Kira was like in school and how she ended up as a GP in the first place. I know you're going to love this one. And I was the kid that the teachers hated because I was a messer and I was a brat and I was always in trouble and I still did really well academically and teachers hated that. It's because they said, Kira, you're fine as a kind of a contributor and, and like they, we like you as a contributor. We want you because we want someone to stir a pot. But no one will tolerate a female opinion broadcaster. They won't tolerate it. I mean, they, they barely tolerate us having opinions at all, let alone ones occasionally that they disagree with. So, so, so that it's not going to happen. I'm delighted, by the way, that Gen Z have come along so the fucking millennials will shut up telling us all what to think because Gen Z are our new arbiters of cool and we respect our 15-year-old overlords now and their opinions. But thank God the millennials, who surely were the most whiny bunch of bastards any of us have ever... I've, 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 the filter has slipped. Do you notice over the, over the 40 minutes? It's gone now altogether. People will give out about this podcast. People will give out about this conversation. Yeah. And, and they will, and we both know it. Sure. So maybe we will be but thankfully, thankfully, it is two people who, who that largely don't give a shit what people think. And, um, but also, aren't homophobic, racist, transphobic or any of those things? Kira also gets calls from George Hook, Michael O'Leary and Pat Kenny, who are listening to this podcast intently from wherever they are, be it uh, Ryanair um, or their cars or wherever. Uh, my full chat with Kira Kelly is coming right up after this because there's been so much anticipation about this. The Mario Rosenstock podcast voicemail was clogged with calls uh, about Kira Kelly. Here they are. You've reached the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Mario. Miriam O'Callaghan here. Well, look, I hear you have Kira Kelly on the podcast today. Um, great choice of guest, um, current affairs presenter, mother, professional, right? Um, just why Kira and not someone else? Just, just curious, <laughs> genuinely. Anyway, bye. Mario, um, Dara O'Brien here, uh, Minister for Housing. Um, I hear you have the Terminate, sorry, <laughs> Kira Kelly on the show today that's what we call her inside um, tell her uh, tell her to to, to uh, take it easy on the fucking housing thing will you she's doing me brains in about this saying we're 19,000 behind and everything just try and steer her away for that talk about fucking discos or something I don't know go on thanks yeah Mario <laughs> 
Uh, Professor Luke O'Neill here. Uh, the data is telling me that Kira Kelly, uh, Dr. Kira Kelly, is going to be uh, on your show today. Great professional. Uh, still working. Uh, listen, I left you a message there um, a few times. I'm available. <laughs> Very busy, but uh, I'm possibly available. I'm, I'm actually just around the corner from you. Um, so any time between 8 in the morning and uh, midnight. Um, listen, the whole COVID thing is going a bit cold, so maybe sooner rather than later. It might sort of wearing off a bit now. But anyway, I made some music as well, would you believe? Uh, it's called Mario George Hook here. Can't wait for Kira Kelly. I have my phone in front of me and my chubby finger waiting to uh, push the button and ring in. I will choose my moment, Jeremy. Mario, it's Brian Dobbo Dobson here. Uh, the world of current affairs is waiting for this intense and eagerly expected interview. I've got my popcorn popping in the microwave and a cheeky bottle of Shadow Neuf de Pop, ready to gorge. Can't wait. Let's do this. Commence firing. <laughs> Hang in there, Dobbo. She's coming on in a few minutes. Exclusive comedy every week, of course, on the Mario Rosenstock podcast right here. And if you'd like to see me perform comedy live, you can do so. My brand new show, uh, Gift Grub Live 2023, opens on February 24th in the Royal Theatre Castle Bar and then goes everywhere around the country. Dublin, Cork, Limerick, Galway, Waterford, Kilkenny, Kerry, Mullingar, Athlone, pretty much everywhere around um, you can see me. Put Mario Rosenstock, Ticketmaster into Google and you can get the few remaining tickets there and I guarantee you it's going to be a great show because well, I've written it and I've seen it and I think there's some good stuff in there, even if I do say so myself. So let's meet today's special guest on the Mario Rosenstock podcast, and it is Kira Kelly. I think she's not only a great interviewer, I think she's also a great interviewee. Enjoy. So anyway, listen, um, thanks for doing this. Delighted. And um, you are a dream podcast guest for anyone. Am I? You are. Because sometimes I have Larissa Nolan on this podcast maybe once or twice a year. And Larissa, for me, is gold. Yeah. She is um, a journalist, for those of you out there who don't know she is. She's a brilliant journalist. Um, but because Lar- Larissa comes in with quite unique and and well-held opinions. She does. I'm, very, I'm a big fan of Larissa myself. Are you? Yeah, Indeed. I am. Well, so am I. And, um, but you're like, you're like um, Larissa on, on, on steroids. Because Larissa might have got, oh, yeah, I think I might have two things I, I might come in. You have a... There is nothing you don't have an opinion on. It's kind of my job, Mario. This is it. It's kind of my job. I'm not slagging you off. People seem surprised and they say, oh my God, you have opinions on things. And you think, do do you realise what I've been hired to do? It's not like I accidentally rock it to Marconi House every morning. Go, Any chance you'll talk to me? I got hired to do this job. 100% correct and I get that. But, you know, I, I get into a taxi nearly every morning, right? And the taxi man has, this particular man, has, who I love, uh, has this um, has has news talk on every morning? Okay, right now he 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 has you on because obviously he likes you. He won't say it about you so much, but he'll always say about your partner Shane. And then he says, "There he fucking goes again, a fucking opinion about everything." <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Almighty! And then you say something, and he goes, "She has a point." <laughs> so I, I generally do have a point. Yeah, but, but like sometimes you have to look quite hard to find it. But you see, this is what the, the people don't understand. People are just normal. You see, they just go about their daily lives, and then they hear you and Shane 
with an opinion. <laughs> and this morning, for example, I was listening to you and it was like, right, St. Patrick's Day oh, Parade. St. Patrick's Day Parade. Did you see the pictures? Uh, what kind of, um, you know, and then there's, and you have an opinion on that. And of Turns course. Turns out. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I think about it is, is and I don't know if it's the, the medical thing, but I have a habit. I'd be a terrible politician of when, because when somebody asks me a question, I just answer it. I think about what they've asked me and I answer that. And I don't necessarily do the thing that I think a lot of people in the media do is, and maybe I should do, but I don't do. I don't think, how does this make me look? I don't think, God, is that that an acceptable opinion or is that what people will want me to say? I don't think that. I don't really care about that. You ask me a question, I answer it. And apparently that's unusual. It is. And and I didn't really know it was, but I'm used to, I spent 40 odd years no, that would make me about 100. I, I got into my <laughs> 40s as a full-time doctor with people asking me questions that I answered. And, and obviously that was in private spaces and surgeries and things. But but I was in the habit of an- answering questions, even hard questions, because people would say things like, you know, is this very serious, this illness or whatever? And I'd have, you don't pretend, you don't go, no, no, you're fine. You don't, you go, yeah, no, it is, but there's going to be treatments and there's going to, you know, so you answer hard questions and you're sort of trained to answer hard questions and you're trained into a degree of uh, tactful honesty. Um, although maybe some people would argue about the tactful bit, but but it's part of who I was when I arrived into the media. And when I arrived into the media, I was a health journalist largely. Um, and I was asked health questions about illness, but also about the health service. And I, I, just said things and 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 anyway and from there we've rolled but I don't really I don't really know what else how else to do it I don't really know how you answer you know we politicians you ask them a question and the really good ones they'll sidestep it sometimes if they don't want to answer it they'll answer a different question sometimes than to the one you've asked they've all these ta- I don't, where do they learn that because I don't I don't have that I you ask me something and I just I'd, I'd be confused trying to think of trickery ways to avoid answer. I, I just find it easier to a- I find it easier to answer the bloody question than to not. It would almost Even, take you more energy Oh it would take much to, more energy yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah. really have that in me to no, be honest. No. So in a way you have in a way you have a, a, an absence of a certain filter Yeah. Which in, t- in a <laughs> way do. which in a way makes you gold Well I don't know about that but I, I, I'm less filtered. I know I'm less filtered than mm. other people and I know mean, I, I, didn't really know I was initially until I was first in the media and I realised I was getting used a lot and I was getting used a lot particularly because you mentioned the thing about women and charisma and, and men and charisma and we ascribe kind of charisma to men and it's true and I now know this because I work on a radio show but we found it really hard all the time on News Talk Breakfast but even before when when I was a contributor they find it hard to find women to, who will offer an opinion women very often second guess themselves women very often are nervous of the backlash that they might perceive to come, but also they worry a lot about what's acceptable and if what they're saying is approved sort of thing or also if it will make them unlikable or think they, they worry, they carry things, I think, in their heads that that put a filter on them that's a bigger filter than than men have. So men men are more likely to come on and offer opinions and be unapologetic about it than women. And... Um, I don't really fall into that category for whatever, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. And we may come to that later. But 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 you are... I was trying to think of this on the way in in the car. Um, and maybe you can help me with this. You're the only one. Or are there more? Opinion broadcaster with females? A female opinion broadcasters. So there's nobody on RTE. 
No, in fairness, and Marty Whelan's once said this to me, he said, if he had an opinion where, where he worked, he'd be fired, but I have to have one where I worked. And that's kind understood. of true of the state broadcaster and us. Oh, no, understood. Um, so you're right. They don't, they're not really allowed to offer opinions. We're sort of expected to offer opinions. Um, Maybe. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to say that though. Yeah, I'm the only one, Mary. But you are the only one. But Let I me say it for you. Let there, me are, say it for there are opinion um, print journalists. Women. Correct. I don't want you to look like you're blowing your own trumpet, so I'll have to put it into my uh, words. You are the only one. It's a unique position in Irish life. This is a national radio station. It, you know, it's part of the Bauer Network. Um, News Talk has been going for about 20 years now. It's established itself. You and Shane have established yourselves because... There was a lot of bites at the cherry of that breakfast. There was. There was Dunphy. In fairness, there was. There was Dunphy. There was McWilliams. There was uh, Yates. There was even Hook was on it, I think, at some stage. There was Mark Cagney. There's everybody's been on it. But you and Shane have kind of grabbed onto the ledge. You've hung on to the ledge a bit longer. We appear to be surviving. You do appear to be surviving. And that's because you formed a kind of a double act in a kind of a, you know, the Susanna yeah. Reid and yeah, yeah, Piers Morgan-y kind of thing. Or yeah, not, you know, not we, that either of you are Piers Morgan or Susanna Reid and that's different. But you are the only one. And that makes you an interesting figure in Irish life um, because there is no shortage of male bloviators. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's true. Am I a female bloviator? I didn't know I was. Bloviatrix. Oh, I, I like that. I like that more. <laughs> I'll take that one. Um, yeah. Having said that now, there are plenty of um, print journalists, women yes. with opinions. So there women are. do do this. There but are. but but you're, you're possibly right that mm. maybe other women have, have been more sensible than me than to take yeah. a job like this. But anyway. Yeah. I know you as an intelligent, articulate, uh, slightly no filter and the only one, uh, <laughs> only female bloviatrix out there. Uh, but before... That, that, I want that on all my introductions to everything I do Hashtag bloviatrix is in the room. <laughs> it makes you sound like a kind of an opinionated Mariah Carey. I, well... But she's she's already opinionated though, isn't she? So I'm just I'm. I'm yeah, but she couldn't talk about the Irish. The she boots, couldn't talk about the health service. I have the boots on of a bloviatrix. You do so, actually. So, so so I I I, you do I, actually. I could me, well be. Tell me briefly, briefly, uh, briefly, whatever way you want to interpret briefly. But before you came into the media of your medical past, mm-hmm. uh, you you kind of alluded to it there briefly. But just just tell me briefly about your medical past. Uh, I went. I qualified as a as a doctor in 1997. I where did you go to college? UCD. Right. Um, did you study medicine? <laughs> it's the only way, really. How many points did you get? Quite a lot, but... but, but maximum? Not quite maximum, but back in those did days... Did you get an A in honours maths? I didn't get an A, I got a B. Did you? I did, I got a B. But just, even then, there was higher points for it, so so I think... So I'm working out, if you got an A, B in honours maths, you probably got an A in English, or an A in Irish. I did pass Irish. That was my only pass subject now. Hang on, how did you get into medicine? <laughs> <laughs> There's some backdoor trickery. No, uh, I did well, but back on, in those days... Give, give, give us a few of your Leaving Cert results. Oh, Mary, I can't. You can. I got a lot of A. I got Come a lot on, of A's. A few A's. I got an A A's. in biology. I got an A in economics. Ooh. I got a. Uh, was it an A in English? I don't know. I got. I, I did well, but back okay. in those days, it doesn't sound that well because I think I got like thirty, 30 points, points or something like that. Max. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't. It wasn't like nowadays. So were you, were like, you academically? I mean, apart from getting maximum points or close to maximum points, were you academically gifted, or did you have to work very hard, or a mix okay. of both? Oh dear! Oh dear! You were bright. I have a photographic memory, so uh, so it was actually very easy for me. Yes, and it was very easy for me, and I was very, very lucky. And I was the kid that the teachers hated because I was a messer and I was a brat, and I was always in trouble, and I still did really well academically, and teachers hated that. Kira Kelly, 
you're making noise and distracting others and you'll do all right. And they and I did do all right. But but they didn't understand that I also, and I do genuinely believe this of myself, I, I think I had a touch of ADHD and I was bouncing around the walls of the classroom and finding it hard to sit still. And I, I would do the maths and things in my head and I wouldn't have any workings out and they'd give out to me. And they'd say, how did you get there? And i go, I don't even know how mm. I got there. I just look at it and I know the answer. So I ha- I was I was very lucky on, mm. the, on the brightness scale. Were your parents bright? Yeah, yeah, they were. Okay. Um, neither of them went to university, but they were both really, yeah. really bright because they were that kind of generation where unless you were quite wealthy and we were very ordinary, um, you, you didn't go to university. So there was that. So I went to college, became a doctor, um, tossed and turned a little bit about which specialty I would do. You, you specialise once you become a doctor. And I went into general practice in the end. And I did that for many, many, many years. And were you I, making money? I did all right. Yeah, really? Yeah, no, I did okay. all right. No, I, we, we were affected very badly post the crash, you know, mm. the, 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 the whatever... 2010 to 2012. How have medical doctors been been affected by the crash? There was the FEMPI cuts. I don't know if you remember. It's very boring. The, the the financial, the extraordinary measures that that slashed um, payments to public sectors, but they slashed things off the the top line for general practice. But of course, we were running businesses, so they slashed everything but it was before expenses so when you took off our expenses everything was sort of long story short doubled so instead of us being cut by by sort of uh, 20% we were cut by 40% and and so it became it was very tight years back then um, but I did I mean I'm not going like I'm not going to sit here and kind of go oh, poor me no, 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 I no. wasn't the wealthiest doctor no I wasn't there was people so much worse off and you're in a very privileged position as a doctor no, but and at the same I never time you have fail. to talk about your own position yeah. I think we're all very I conscious. sold my house I'll put it to you like that did I, sold, you really? I sold my house because I needed to oh boy yeah Wow. Yeah, it was, it was. I prefer the house I'm in now, to be perfectly well, that's honest. Heavy. That's heavy enough. There you Selling go. a house. Is... This is like a Tommy Tiernan interview, isn't it? I, you're, you're, I'm exploring my. my, my own... No, no, this is like a Tommy Tiernan interview. <laughs> Tell us about the pain, Kira. <laughs> He's scratching his chin exactly like Tommy Tiernan. Tell us about the pain. I was desperate. It was, it was, that's like a Joe Duffy interview, actually. Um, but no, it, it, was, it, was, it was desperate, Tommy. No, it was fine. I, I kind of was very. I'm very. Practical. I'm very. I'm very. You, you set me a task or a problem, and I will go about completing it or solving it. Yeah. And that is exactly okay. the kind of mindset you, you, I so have. So you weren't the SWAT at the back of the class. No. Would you been at the school disco? Yes. Would you have been? Would you have been? Would you have been up for a dance with the with the? Yes. So in other words, you were a little bit of a. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was all of that. We don't even have to. Brilliant. Say. We don't even have to say what this I is. Was. And you got the results. Yeah. All right. After. The crash, Fempy, selling your house and everything. What? When was the first inkling that you were drawn to being in front of a microphone or in front of the radio? Okay, the radio thing um, was probably around 2014 for me that I that I, my mindset for the first time had ever entered my head. I've been contributing to the media since about 2008 because I started writing in Sunday Independent and I largely fell into that because a friend worked there. So that's a there was no great aim on, on, on my part as such it was kind of right place right time kind of situation so I ended up writing for them and so then people would ask me because if you write an article you know you know yourself from working in, in radio people will ring you up and say hey well, you, you wrote this thing will you come on and talk and at first I thought that was very odd but then I kind of got used to it so I'd just come on and I'd chat and I'd chat about stuff and I did a lot I did a lot of different stuff I did stuff on RTE I did stuff on News Talk I did stuff on local radio but they started using me a lot on the right hook on um, uh, News Talk with George Hook largely because George doesn't like everybody and he couldn't work with everybody and, and he could only tolerate certain people but he quite liked me largely I think that was because no matter how much he insulted me, all I ever did was kind of insult him back. Do you, do you know what I mean? So that would be sort of why you had to be, he wanted you to be able for him and because he liked 
to push people's buttons. So so I started doing a lot of that and they used me initially uh, like exclusively pretty much for health but then it went on and they started using me for feminism or working parents or women stuff. I don't even know what. And I started being rolled and then like pop culture and then any old shite at all. Like literally they were like, I became sort of like a, a foil, I think almost. And around 2014, how that show's format was at that time was the, the Friday right hook was George and, and two other panellists for the whole show. And they were generally speaking Shane Coleman and Dave McIntyre, who now uh, is a presenter on Sky Sports. So the three of them would be in the room arguing the toss about the stories of the week for two and a half hours and and whatever way because I was used so much on the show I became kind of first sub so if Dave or Shane were off I'd step in and so I was in the room then and then after a while they just changed it so it was four of us so it was me, Shane, Dave and George and we did that for a year and a half and I realised when I was doing that first of all I was having so much fun mm. It was my favourite part of my working week. Yeah. And it didn't even feel like work. No. And I realised that the other three, this was their job. Mm. This was their, this was their fucking job. Mm. And I was like looking at them going, you guys don't know how lucky you are that you mm. get paid to do this. Mm. And this is your job. Yeah. And also what I quite liked was as the, the token woman in the room, mm. was very often it would be me taking on all three of them at once because it was kind of like that. Like I remember a woman writing into the show once and saying, you definitely have, have a case there for the bullying that you've received. And I didn't, <laughs> feel, I didn't feel remotely bullied, no. but, but, but some, like sometimes it would be me taking on the three. Now yeah, I, would, yeah. I, would, I would deliberately sometimes take on the three and go, no, all three of you are talking mm. crap. So, so we did that. And I realised that even though I was a GP and I, I, I broadcast very little and they were all full-time broadcasters, that actually I could take on all three of them. And I actually enjoyed it. I quite like debating. I, mm. And I don't, I don't play the, the man. I play the ball. I, I, I don't hold grudges. I don't care. If you and I had an argument here now on air about something, I'd walk out. And so that's like, I, I, I think I'm quite blokey that way. I think I just mm. walk away from things and go, yeah, that was just work. That was just, that was just like on-air crap. That was banter. Yeah. You know, it was nothing. So yeah. we would have this really good fun Friday afternoon and it started to dawn on me that it was a job that people did and that I really kind of loved it mm. and an inkling now there was no opportunities by the way on the cards at the time and in fact many many people told me this will never happen you will this will never you're not a you're not a politician you're not a journalist you've none of the background things that you would need at your stage in life to go into what you're talking about doing. Yeah. It's never going to happen. So, um, but that was when the inkling kind of started in my head. Wow, I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind doing that. I mm. actually like that a lot. Felt like fun. Yeah. Felt like not it working. Did, it beat working hands down. It's funny actually, I told you that there's some people listening to this podcast. George Hook is on the line. Say hello <laughs> to him. <laughs> hello George, good to hear you back on the air. Yeah, Kira, it's great to be back. And lovely to know that you are a fellow bloviatrix. <laughs> you know, what happened to the golden days when you were on the radio talking about lumps on my testicles. I believe it was your itchy scrotum most of the time, George. But but nonetheless, yes, it's, it's good times, as they say. Really good times. Colourful radio when we called a spade a spade. Not allowed to say that, George. Stop. Well, that's why I'm here and you're there. Yes. But do you not miss the old house? Uh, I'm out in the shed. I have a men's shed back in Hookie's house. Uh, uh, Ivan Yates and Kevin Myers are here with Johnny Waters. We've all been cancelled and we're all drinking Bishop's Finger Pale Ale. And we can tell them all to fuck off. <laughs> well... If anyone should be kissing the, the bishop's ring, it would be all four of you. No, there's, there's, there's no doubt, George. And fair, fair play to you all. I can only. I, 
I was going to say fair balls. Who, who would not want to be a fly on the wall of that, that shed? That is an interesting... It's, it's, you know, the fly... We had a discussion with the fly about gender dysphoria. Oh, Jesus. The fly thought it was a woman fly. He also thought he was a day or a cisgender fly. And we eventually just swatted him. <laughs> George, yeah. you need to steer well clear of things that you simply don't understand. That's yeah. what I would say to you. Do you know that I'm a bit like you? Go on. I have... Uh, when I'm asked a question, I have a difficulty not answering it. Yes. All right. So I don't like to um, obfuscate or uh, go outside the question and go outside the, the... Unless I was being extremely diplomatic to somebody for their own yes, personal fair. safety. And, 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 and But other than that, I like to answer questions safely. And, and can I be really honest with you? Go on. Okay. And, and, and I'm a bit scared now. When I first heard you on the radio, right? Okay. Um, I didn't like you. Okay. And let me explain why. Okay. No, because I think I'm getting somewhere. All right. With this. I didn't like you. And do you know why I didn't like you? No. Well, I'm sure. You could, could nearly could, guess. Could be a myriad no, of reasons. No, no, no. You could, you help me out with this. You could nearly guess. Because I think I fall and did, did fall into this seriously wedged unconscious bias and the unconscious bias is this I'm a woman is that what you yeah mean? okay the unconscious bias is this she's a woman she's pushy she's nicole kidman into diaper she will murder pat kenny to get his gig she will leave his entrails in the corner no 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 this was well actually i'm because i'm actually not but anyway no, yes no. that's fair so what i'm doing is i'm i'm Tell actually me. being confessional with you Go on. so now over the last this is just my journey with you Right, uh, uh, you know, but I, this is—I <laughs> didn't know we were on a journey, <laughs> but I like it. We've been on an uncomfortable. So for the last two and a half years or so, right? I suppose ever since I've been kind of listening more and more to the yeah, news, yeah, talk, yeah. I really got to get you. Okay, right, I get you, I get you, and okay. I get you. And really, that says more about me than it does about you. In fact, it says nothing about you. It says that you just went about your job and got on with it, and it said that I was being a fucking asshole. And it's true because I had no reason to dislike you at all. Uh, it was what I would call something that's an unconscious bias, which is an endemic in society. Now, to to wit and to that end, tell me more about that, because I just identified a minute ago that you are the only one. OK. So tell me about your journey through that. You must have experienced that Well, Well, already. it's very interesting. And first of all, I, and second of all, I, no I apologise. The thing is this, is you're allowed not like me. You're, you're actually totally allowed. People are allowed... <clears throat> We cannot control what other people think of us. And in fact, George Hook, speaking of George, one of the bits of advice he gave me at the beginning, and he was right, was this. He said, just be yourself. He said, some people will like you, some people won't like you. And if more of them like you than don't, then you're on a bit of a winner. But if you fake it, they'll see through you yeah. and they won't like you anyway. Mm. So there's no point in faking it. There's yeah. no point in fucking pretending to be something you're not because they're going to, you, you, and you can kind of tell that in person. You know what I mean? You can yeah, kind of tell if someone's... It's actually, and it's, it's, that's... Um Analogous to something Jim Carrey said about going for careers. He said, uh, what do you want to do in your life? Well, listen, go for what you want to do in your life because there's every chance you might fail as an accountant anyway. Yeah. So why not fail yes. at going for your dream? So, 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 so just be yourself and, you know, if enough people like you, you're winning and that's and that's fine. Um, you're right. In the beginning, I said I, I touched on the fact that I was told it'll never happen, and and yeah. and, and, and some of Who that. Who are you told that by? Don't say that. Don't say the name. Just say, is it somebody in the business? It, people in the business, yeah. and some of that was because they said, 
Kira, you're fine as a kind of a contributor and, and like they, we like you as a contributor. We want you because we want someone to stir a pot. And we have opinion male broadcasters, but no one will tolerate a female opinion broadcaster. They won't tolerate it. I mean, they, they barely tolerate us having opinions at all, let alone ones occasionally that they disagree with. So, so, so that it's not going to happen. And, that, and I was kind of told, and I was told that I would need to soften myself and I would need to do things if I was going to become acceptable, really. Now, in fairness time has marched on and, and a few things have happened. I, actually, I think I probably have softened a bit because I think I've probably mellowed with age to some extent. I'm much less... Partly I couldn't give a shit, you know what I mean? Like, if, 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 like, I'm not angry about anything. I don't really care. If you don't agree with me... Supposing I said to you, I really feel passionately that something or other should happen and you say, no, I absolutely disagree. I'd be like grand. I don't really care whether people agree or not. And when I was younger I kind of was, I kind of felt for some reason, no, I should try and convince yeah. you of, of what I'm saying. But I'm not going to give a shit. You're entitled to your own opinion. So I'm much more mellow on that front. So I, maybe I have mellow but also time has marched on. And I actually think that unconscious bias that you're talking about and I think it was very, very much a situation. in There used to be even women newsreaders in Ireland. And the reason there wasn't women newsreaders was because people said no one will believe them. And, and so that tells you something about the Jesus amount of trust and, 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 and credibility what that women... A, what a beautiful one that is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What? That's only gossip. They're only making it up. Sure, she wouldn't know. President would Gorbachev today <laughs> said he's interested in opening up the Soviet Union. Bullshit. It's a woman telling me. Yeah. It's just gossip. I'll have to check that. Have to check that fat, with Tony. Fat, fat Tony, che- this Gorbachev fella, is it for real or what? Oh, well, she was right. Jesus. How did she know that? She must have picked it up from she the husband. She must have the, some, the husband told her. So, so there was all of that. So, But I think Ireland has moved on. Like my, I have a 20-year-old daughter. I don't think she has anything like the upbringing I had. When I was in my teens in the 80s, how women were viewed was wholly different. Really wholly different. And, and, and many, many battles have been fought and won by, by, for women's position in Irish society. So I think... I suspect I might have been slightly, I don't, I don't want to sound like a wanker, ahead of my time as in, I, I suspect more women opinion broadcasters will come through the ranks behind me. Yeah. I, I might be there now, but I think yeah. more will come. Well, this is what I wanted to kind of shine a light on. You see, you can't say it about yourself because it sounds like you're blowing your own trumpet, but you are the only one and you have established yourself. And and yes, for that may may more come. Just to, just finish this off though about, about the 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 pushiness and the ambition uh, that is perceived as an unconscious bias. Did you come across that yourself? I mean, I mean, surely you did in I, texts I and in trolling and all that ne- sort of oh. stuff. Who the hell is he? Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, like, there's a lot of trolls and if you're a woman, there's even, I mean, you probably get trolled. Everyone gets trolled. Yeah. You can't be in the public eye without people having a pop at you. It's just I, I actually actively, I've said this before, but uh, people say, do you look at yourself online and everything? And I've always said, because I can't, I can't say, I can't lie. Go so I go, yes. I Google myself online. Do you? I don't. Yeah, I of, genuinely yeah, don't. People don't understand that. And I go, why would I Google myself? Well, one of the reasons I Google myself is to see what the newspapers have written about me oh, today. Yeah. Right? So to see if, if, if there's anything that I should need to correct. Well, there is that. There is <laughs> okay, that. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is I used to put my mentions into Twitter as well, right? But I, I had this kind of morbid curiosity. Mm. Right? And there's terrible stuff there. Oh, yeah. And then I'd go, I get used to it. Inured to it. It's like reading your own bad texts. I'd get used to it, inured to it, right? So the fellow would go, he's about as funny as a born in orphanage. 
And I go, read, that, that's quite funny, read that before, mate. Not that the Burning or- Orphanage, pick, but pick that's a quite witty one. of him. You know what I mean? Like, look at him. He's come that's up. That's our with... headline for tomorrow. Anyway, Kira thinks Burning Orphanages are funny. It's not quite. New, I get you. I'll have to say, out of context. <laughs> no, I demand a retraction and a right anyway, to reply. So, so um, in other words, I hardened myself up for it. Yeah, I, 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 look, I don't no, even you, read you're it. You're not even interested. I don't even read it. I don't care. And, and I don't want to know, actually, because yeah. I see. The other thing is, I don't think I could do my job because I think it would filter me. If I was reading all the negative comments, I think I might start to second guess myself or, or you know, kind of recalibrate myself in some mm. way to, to, because to, I think that's the chilling effect of those those things that mm. it has on people. Oh, yes. So so I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to recalibrate so that I'm popular on Twitter. Okay. That would make me an arse. Okay. So re- I don't want to do that. A, a related subject. You hold opinions. I do. It is your job. Yes. So I'm not even ascribing to the, I, I'm not ascribing the opinion holding to you as a person, even though you probably do hold opinions. It's your job. You get, as Roy Keane would say, it's her job. She has opinions. That's what she does at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's her job. So you have to have opinions. Um, but holding opinions nowadays is kind of similar to the Second Amendment in the United States about the right to bear arms. Mm. You are immediately asking to be shot in the face <laughs> if you have any opinion. So this morning, like, so, so, did you hear what she said about St. Patrick's Day? St. <laughs> Patrick's Day Festival, apparently now it's all, it's all being identity politics and diversity and St. Patrick is gone with his cook, crook and meter and stick. Now it's all like, it looks like Rio de Janeiro or whatever. And this is, of course, the homogenising of culture, in yeah. my view. Uh, yeah, you're right. And, and, but, uh, my my, and maybe I'm wrong. My my read on this is is that the pendulum is swinging, that if you've survived the the, the backlash that has existed for the last I don't know five odd years, maybe or something like that. There's been five or six years of backlashes that have been quite strong uh, over anybody who who didn't kind of subscribe to to approved opinion, approved thought. Um, if you survive that, because I think people are getting sick of being told what to think. And by the way. I don't say that as some kind of a dog whistle. Because oh, we all want to be racists. I don't want to be racist. Really, really dislike racism. Really, really dislike homophobia. Really, really dislike those things. But I also dislike being lectured by nameless, faceless yeah. arbiters online who tell me how I can say things, what words I must use. You know, they want to... And, and it's a form of, to be honest, four legs bad, two legs good. It's a form of Orwellian authoritarianism that... You know, it's very bad, and I, I totally mean this when I say this. It's very bad to persecute people on the grounds of of ethnicity, religion, race, gender, sexual. That's that's bad. Let's let's accept that. Completely bad, yeah. right? But it is also stupid to to think that every person on the planet thinks the same, and that if you're going to persecute people from for their thoughts, that that's okay because that is communist China, that is Stalinist Correct. Russia, and they have killed millions of people in the pursuit of us all thinking the same. And you know what? It still hasn't worked. We don't. And you have to allow people. I want to live in a liberal democracy that respects the rights of other people, including the right of free speech, right up to the point of speech that I don't particularly like, where I would draw the line, but it is only one small line. It is hate speech and incitement to hatred or violence. That's the only line I would draw because other than that, you are starting to creep in the in the way of authoritarianism that is that is different authoritarianism. And I don't like any... To be honest, I don't even like authority. I don't like being told what to do by any fucker. Mm. And it doesn't really matter which side of whatever they sit on. And that's the truth. Agreed. And here, here to that. But, but when did it become... When did it become a problem to offend people? When did the word offence become a hanging 
uh, offence. Yeah, no, I know what you're asking. The whole idea, for example, the whole the whole idea of holding an opinion is by its very nature to offer offence and offending um, uh, to some people. Perhaps. Opposition, they feel offended. The offence is in the eye of the taker. Yeah. So if you say Patrick's Day Parade is homogenous now, la la la, and somebody that's offensive to me that she said that. What is? When did people get off with being offended? We, we, we've become terrified. It's like top trumps. I'm offended now. I win, and that's not acceptable. And I think also we we've become a little bit confused about things like be kind. First of all, be kind has been hijacked by an absolute shit show of yeah, really vicious accounts online. But but the idea of be kind is 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 in general nice. But when 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 be kind is silencing or has a chilling effect on 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 various people because they're not allowed to say anything like we 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 seem to swing between extremes. Do you know what I mean? That's right. And and actually like in all aspects of life somewhere in the middle is probably where truth and decency and civility That's and right. justice and all that stuff the mid- actually I've, lies. I've often said that the middle in this instance is the new rock and roll and people should try and seek out my, the my, my son, my eldest son who studied uh, politics describes me as a radical centrist and I quite like that to yeah. be perfectly honest. Actually it was put very well by a kind of a New York Times contributor, um, Andrew Sullivan is his name and he is a very prominent gay writer and he went there's a lot of per- you kind of alluded to it there, there's an awful lot of persecution happening in the world Right at the moment. And do you know who's doing the persecution? All the people who you think would not be doing the persecution. Mm. The people who are the gays, the transgenders, the, 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 the small ethnic minorities. They are the people saying, you cannot say any of this stuff. They are the people holding offence. When did... He said it, and he said it about his own culture. When did we become the authoritarians? Do you know what? We're the ones. Do you know what I would argue that? Because I always like to argue, as you know, Mary. I would argue a little bit against that, and I would say that actually, very often, it isn't the gays, it isn't the the transgenders, it isn't the the minority religions, and it isn't proxy. It it's liberal white middle class people by proxy at, uh, who are saying, "Don't say this about these people who who actually aren't saying." Like, do you know what I mean? It's mm. people who aren't even affected by the issues who are virtue signaling wildly. So, uh, like. It isn't, you know, all all gay people or black people or 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 people of any sort of. It's often gobshites who 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 are trying to score points and get likes. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean? I think I think and and aren't even affected by the issues and are literally hijacking issues to try and look cool. And if there is anything less uh, appealing than than some forty year old middle aged man on Twitter trying to look cool yeah. by be, by fucking talking shite, I, I don't know what. And what here's it is. the question: You've just kind of answered the question. Inadvertently, some middle-aged man on Twitter, and here's my question for you: Does it exist? Is it real? And th- and what I mean by that is, is 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 there a silent massive majority out there who just go, "This is all bullshit"? Yeah, I think there probably is, tr- truthfully, because but you're led to believe one of the things that is very grounding for us is our text line, right? Because our text line is anonymous, and our text line is not performative therefore okay. and we talk about issues and the, they could be issues that would, would social media you could you could predict 100% what social media were going to say about the issue but when you talk about it on air and you try and talk about it in a nuanced way and you try and tease out issues because there's no nuance of course on, on, on a lot of social media but we try and talk things out we, and also we, we don't have 140 or 280 characters we have longer so we talk 
we see the text lines and the text lines come in from people who are going, who are very ordinary, balanced, normal. They're not all... Racists. No, they're not all anything. And, and they're kind of saying just exactly what you said when 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 did we stop being allowed to discuss things when did we when did offense trump every other yeah. uh, every other thing so so there are people out there and in fact when you do anonymous do you know what it's like i don't know if you remember when david cameron won the um the yeah. tory party election mm-hmm. the general election but the tory party had quite a landslide in it was was it 20 no it was one before 2016 whatever year that it was it was 2012 and everyone the world and his wife was predicting from polls and social media and all of that that it would be a Corbyn Labour win. Not even a, a, a tight win, but a comfortable win. And there was a Tory landslide. And do you know why that was? That's because people say things to pollsters and people say things online. That is not true. Mm. They say things that they think that they're supposed to say. Correct. And then they go into the ballot box and they tick, you know, Tory MP for Sussex or whatever yeah. the hell it is. And, and, and that's... When you have a society where people feel unable to express themselves as to what they truly believe, and as I say, mm. I don't, I'm not talking about, I'm not secretly trying to say it's okay to be racist. I'm not oh, geez, saying that. I, I'm, I'm, I swear to you I'm not, because I, I, I don't believe that for a moment. But when people don't feel they're allowed to talk about their politics at all, when people, when, when people aren't allowed say reasonable things, there's a chilling effect that extends far beyond, yes. is all I'm saying. Far Self-censorship. Beyond. Yes, and people are lying. People, mm. people, and that's why, and that's why everyone. Oh Jesus! The Tories have just waltzed in with with with, with a massive majority. Yeah, it's and the guy who stops you on the street and goes, "What newspaper do you read?" And you go, "I read the Irish Times," but actually, you don't. You read the Sun. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. If everyone who says they read the Irish Times read the Irish Times, the Irish Times would have four times the the correct. readership that it has. Correct. Correct. Pascal Donahue's on the line. Say hello to him. Morning, Pascal. Yes. Good morning. Um, Kira, and it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I'm very much enjoying this conversation. It's very thoughtful, I think, the conversation and I did have a question for oh, you okay. if you didn't mind. It's usually me asking you the questions exactly. but I, I like it this way well, around. I, I, exactly, I like it this way around as well. So let as well, let's, that, that came out the wrong way but um, anyway, to ask you the question, um, may, I, may I ask you, Kira, in your own political and professional um, opinion. Do you think some politicians at the moment are given too hard a time for issues that are very, let's say, mountain out of a molehill? <laughs> I'd say you might think of yourself as the poster boy for that, uh, Pascal. But um, look, do you know what? Okay, I will. I will. Good I question, pre- Pascal. Very good question. But what I'd say is this: is the the the, the Transparency International Index came out. We are the we are out of 180 countries. We are the tenth least corrupt country in the world, right? So we're doing pretty good. And in fairness to Pascal Dunne, and I, and I know he has admitted that there was breaches of, of whatever the hell, Sippo, bits and bobs and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not trying to minimise it. But we are arguing the toss over whether or not somebody declared the, the, the expenses which were in the matter of hundreds of euros for putting up posters in a van, right? So 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 we're kind of in the halfpenny place compared to, like, I, I don't know if you've... If you've Mario or Pascal, if you've travelled much, but I know I have been to countries in Africa and places like that where you literally had to pay people to use the road. And I don't mean it wasn't a toll. I mean, when you get to a bit of the road, somebody hops out, puts up their hands, stands there, you have to hand them a few quid or you won't be allowed to go further along the roadway. And and so corruption here is in the halfpenny place, thankfully, and, and that's a good thing. Um, I don't necessarily think that we're giving them too hard a time because I think we have to hold people to account because we want to not be complacent and we want to stay uncorrupt. But I think we 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 learned our lessons. We've had so we had so many tribunals back in the nineties about 
you know, the bad old days that I think we have learned our lessons to some extent. And I don't think that, I think we are largely a cold house, both politically and certainly in our terms of our media to people transgressing on those fronts. So, yeah. Anyway, Kira, I agree with you. I'm, 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 I'm of a reasonably similar vintage to you. I'm sure you're far younger than me, but I doubt it. But um, I am from an era which remembers very, very uh, clearly uh, Charles Hawhey yeah. and the amount of money he received from um, a supermarket tycoon. Um, we remember Liam Lawler. We remember yeah. Frank Dunlop. We remember Ray Burke. We yeah. remember. Um, we remember corruption at an industrial level. Yeah. And really... Uh, it was endemic. Endemic. It was, it was part expected. of how... Expected. Yeah, it was part of how the system worked. And I don't yeah. think... Maybe I'm naive because I don't work in, in industry or, or, or I'm not a corporate fish. You know what I mean? So, but but my understanding is, is is people no longer ask you to hand them a, you know, a brown envelope full of cash if they want, if you want to do something. That's my understanding. Yeah. And I hope that I'm right on that. Yeah. Quick call again as somebody's called in. God, you're popular. Oh, popular, with, nice with, popular with heavy hitters. Well, there you go. Michael O'Leary's on the line. Say hello oh, to Michael O'Leary. Hello, hello, Michael. Kira, hello. This is Michael O'Leary. Two questions for you. Go on. We get on well, you and I. Well, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I suspect we do, though. One, where do you get your grey roots done? Oh, yeah. Kira Lambert's in Shankill. Excellent. I would recommend her, her heartily, uh, Michael, although you're very, you're like a silver fox. I'm thinking of going platinum blonde, but anyway. Question two. What was the name of that country you visited which charged people to use their own roads? <laughs> you want to go there, don't you? No, I want uh, to own it. <laughs> I'm not sure you're allowed to own countries and anymore. Um, that was that was in, in Ghana and, and there Ghana. was... Yeah, but I have also been... I've been to refugee camps in, in Ethiopia for, for and South Sudan is in the bottom three and, and they were South Sudanese refugees and... and G-A-N-A. <laughs> there's a H in there as well, just so, just so you know, Michael. Yeah, just do they charge extra for no, the H? No, no, no. You're allowed to have the H. You can take, the H goes free. Free roads. Free. Not good. Charge <laughs> for road usage. Thank you. You're you're very welcome. And, and Brilliant. Uh, fair play to you. And congrat- He's honest, congratulations he? on the results. He's always honest. Always his Ryanair results. They're, they're doing well. Yeah, 280 million or something yeah, in the last very, quarter. Yeah, very good. A million. It's fantastic. What about, um, does this ever come up on your show? I mean, again, it's re- it's 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 it's... it's uh, loosely related with your profession in terms of, of of being a medical doctor and and it's to do with the idea of biological gender and and also our biological sex but also gender dysphoria okay so this idea that um i mean i think i think one of the ministers came out in the government um and kind of said well we all know that there's like at least 20 plus genders now i i understand even from my lay position as a lay person a civilian that there is a difference between your biological sex and your... Um, gender identity. Gender identity. Um, but, like, do you think, as a mum, as a doctor, and as a commentator... Okay, it's um, a lot of hats. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's, 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 it's helpful to um, encourage or allow four-year-old, five-year-old children to be free to identify themselves either as a boy, a girl, or perhaps a, a tree, a star. Well, that's the thing. That four and five-year-olds identify themselves as astronauts and, and uh, you know, all that sort of stuff too. Yeah. I, I think four and five-year-olds 
I would actually worry not 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 because like it's not uncommon for little four year old or five year old boys to want to dress up in in in, in mummy's clothes. I or, did. Yeah, it's very common. Mm. Or in mummy's shoes. I'm still or, doing or, or, it. Or, and and you know what? I I actually really do support you in that because I, I I am I'm extremely liberal and there's no two ways about it. Do you I know think, my size? No, but we can talk after this because honestly, these boots and you. I'm a size sixteen. Are you? Mm. You look you you look very trim. Well, I would have said fourteen. Sixteen. I would have said a I tried to squeeze into um, 14 But what, what I worry about is a little bit is is people projecting. I was talking about projecting earlier because I I I I I don't think there's any reason at 4 or 5 that we need to put labels on kids of any of any kind. I think it's very young to do that. So I think if somebody wants to uh, if a little boy wants to dress in what would be traditionally girls clothes like skirts and mm. tops or whatever, uh I would have no problem with that, but I would do that without comment, without kind of uh, jumping on to some kind of, oh, you're automatically then, that must mean you're transgender, that must mean something, because I actually think children are much more experimental than they're given uh, credit for. Mm. And I think we need to be careful not to, to like I would, I, I think it's very wrong. So supposing your, your, your baby son is putting on your lipstick and uh. as, as some of my baby sons did, I think you just go with that. Mm. But I don't necessarily think that, that the idea and uh, that we would start you know calling that a name and mm. saying well now my son is this yeah. or my daughter or, or now my son is my daughter mm. I just think allow children I think we are projecting onto children all kinds of adult concepts mm. that, that there's plenty of time to get to and if, if they do get to them I'm okay with that because I I, I kind of think did you see the- let, let everyone do what they they want but I, I also think that children are too young to make those types of decisions. So just let them experiment without... Yeah. I don't think we need to call it. Do you know what I mean? ITV um, are currently doing their morning programme with Richard Maidley and Susanna Reid. And Richard Maidley has often been compared, uh, quite rightly sometimes, to Alan Partridge in, yeah. in, in, in yeah, the I way know, he I goes know. about his business. You know, he, he has a Partridge-esque air about him. He does. And he had another one the other morning. Although a lot of people did feel sympathy for him. He... Um, he was talking about the um, broadcast uh, the singer Sam Smith. Oh yeah, and Sam Smith now identifies with they or yeah. are their pronouns. Yeah, and uh, Maidley was going. So what if he and and Susanna went they? Yeah, and it was, what, what I don't know what and he he kind of almost went partridge on it. He didn't want to correct himself immediately because then he he kind of looked too apologetic. So he wanted to look like the guy on the street who just can't figure it out anymore. Okay. But what do you think about that area of assigning your own, let's say, having, how how about the idea of, the idea that... um, If somebody wants to do it, I would, I would, if you, if you said to me now, I'd like you to use they, I'd like you to use she, Mm -hmm. I'd like... I will do that right. uh, because as far as I'm concerned, if, if you want me to, I think that's a matter of respect. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a, a, an, an issue. What if around. I want to call having myself that, something else? Having Well, just let mm-hmm. me finish. Mm-hmm. But having said that, I do understand why people mess up and why people aren't mm-hmm. always on top of those things because for lots of us who, who are not in that mix of non-binary, that gender fluidity, all of that stuff, this is a relatively new concept mm-hmm. and people are a little confused I think and sometimes they mess up without them being phobic in any way I don't think that everyone is having a, a pop I think sometimes people kind of go sorry I, I'm, I'm I'm out of my depth yes. and I think people sometimes you know are willing to sort of attack people who have no malign intent who aren't trying to be discriminatory mm. or whatever and kind of say you got it wrong well like got it people you know get things wrong because they, mm. they first of all they're human and we all get things wrong but also sometimes they don't know what you know especially because we keep moving the goalposts, by the way, and we move them on lots of things. The wording that is acceptable about lots of different sorts of social issues keeps changing. Mm. And 
it's almost like there are people involved in the changing of the wording Having who are like, I'm, I'm at the front of this. I'm mm. an early adopter. So now I, <laughs> and I want to be an early adopter because then I can, I can word shame you for using the wrong word yes. that you're only allowed to use in 2016, but you're no longer allowed to use. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm trying to use the right words, but I'm get setting it, getting it arse ways. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, my, say my mother's generation, they would have said things arseways as far as, as, as would be concerned now but they wouldn't have meant them to be arseways they just wouldn't have known the words that were acceptable now and and I think there is something in the, the constant moving of the goalpost that I think is exclusionary I think it's designed to exclude people who are older who are not woke who are not with it and it's not all about political correctness gone mad that's not what I'm saying but I think there are some people who like to be like oh no that's not what we say anymore mm. we, we say this now and, and it's almost like an exertion of they're asserting a power I'll tell you what you can say and what you can say you were allowed to say two years ago you're not allowed to say now we've moved mm. on who decides when we've moved on I, anyway I just think yes, that there, there's, exactly. there, there's there's um, there is a bullying but, but, but a little bit mm. and Matt Haig I don't know if you ever read Matt Haig he's a very interesting guy he's a hugely successful um, author and he, he has uh, often talks about his own mental health and difficulties that he has had and, 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 and all this and one of the things he wrote during the week was he said um you know the way we, we're not allowed punch down but you're allowed punch up and mm. he said punching up is still punching and when a thousand people attack a public figure online for their transgressions mm. they're still kicking the shit out of them mm. and even people with four followers can be as he said uh, see you next Tuesday and, mm. and, 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 and there is a truth in that some people are back to that idea of offence they're looking for Mario Rosenstock to have said the wrong thing mm. because then they go hmm, Mario Rosenstock now he, 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 did you hear what he said mm. and we don't say that anymore we now say mm. this and you didn't even know things had moved on because you and mm. you were actually tr- the thing is if you're trying to say the right thing mm. and you're still getting it wrong and mm. you're being blamed even though you're trying to do the right mm. thing so you're not trying to be unkind or whatever leave people alone mm. stop attacking everyone all the fucking time it's mm. boring I'm Absolutely. sick of it I'm yeah. actually sick of yeah. it you you may not like what somebody is saying yes. right and you may think it's a shithead yes. thing to say and lots of people do yes but we're moving away from automatic cancellation and for a while it was automatic it was yeah people it, will give out about this podcast people will give out about this conversation yeah. and, and they will and we both know it sure and and but so maybe we will be cancelled thankfully, thankfully it is two people who who that largely don't give a shit what people think and um, but also aren't homophobic racist transphobic or any of those things do you know what I mean anyway I, I, I'm exhausted the other one I'm exhausted by the young people the, the other I'm one, delighted by the way that Gen Z have come along so the fucking millennials will shut up telling us all what to think because <laughs> Gen Z are our new arbiters of cool and we respect our 15 year old overlords now and their opinions but thank God the millennials who surely were the most whiny bunch of bastards any of us have ever I've, mm. I've, I've, the filter has slipped do you notice over the over the 40 minutes it's gone now altogether but thank God for Gen Z is all I'm saying Kira, do you know what I have to say to you now I've gone from not liking it to loving it <laughs> well I have that effect on people you might be surprised well maybe you do yeah maybe that's part of your brilliance um, I don't know about what that. I was going to say what next for you First of all, I feel very lucky. I, and I'm, I'm not just being some kind of Michael Flatley humility thing here. I feel very lucky. I get to do something that, that beats work and I enjoy it. I work with a great team of people who I, I actually consider friends. So like, and it's a tight ship and it's it's a good, positive bunch of people around me all the time. And I, it's a happy camp. Do you know what I mean? So, so I feel very lucky. I come into work every day happy. So I'm getting to do what I want to do. But if you were asking me, is there something else beyond this? Yes, it, there is. I have said this now, mind you, I've said this for about 15 years that I've been in the media, mm. that I'm just passing through. And and, and I, I, I see it that way. I At some point, uh, myself and News Talk will spit and shake and, and, and 
you know, hopefully, hopefully with, 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 you know, happy tidings on both sides. It's not a forever job. Commercial radio, it's not like working for the state broadcaster where you can actually get a job and they'll leave you in your chair till, till you know, mothballs are, are blowing through your... We're not... You know this. Uh. We are we are live and die by the JN Laws. Oh, definitely. And, and if, if... They're they, out next week. Yeah, I know, next Wednesday. <laughs> if, they, if, if you're not there, if you're not at the races, they'll be like probably reasonably nice about it but you you know don't let the door hit you in the arse on the way out that's kind of how it works yeah. so, so I've always had that idea that this is an impermanent situation and impermanent possibly for me too because I am an oddball in many ways but including the one that I quite like change a lot of people don't like change at all I like it I like the idea that I don't know what's coming next mm. I like the idea that everything could get mixed up and be different than I would ever have expected it to be I oddly like that. Like so, a little bit of chaos. Like a little bit of chaos. It's mm. kind of in me. So so I think I'm passing through. I think it won't be forever. But I I have spent, like when people who are, who are say, our age-ish, because we probably are around the same vintage, talk about, I have lots of friends in me go, oh, I remember the 90s. We were in Reynards and Lilies and we were always, you know, drunk and, and they were like, oh, amazing. I remember the 90s as wearing a pair of runners and a pair of scrubs and walking the, the corridors of the Matter Hospital and, and James's Hospital day and night, right? So my 90s, I worked like a dog because I was qualifying as a doctor. Mm. Junior doctors do not have the kind of life that junior journalists no. had, right? So we worked, 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 worked. Yeah. And I, 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 then I, by the age of 30, I was running my own business. So mm. I was work, 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 work. I have four what, kids. What was your own business? The or G- the GP? GP, GP so yeah. that, that's an SME. It is, yeah. employees, you have all that. Business, business. So, yeah. so go, 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 go. And then, Halfway through that, I started juggling the media in on top of already a very mm. big... So I have worked my arse off since my 20s. Mm. And when, I'm not going to say yet, when I step down from from what I do now, mm. I want something easier. <laughs> That's mm. what I want. Now, mind you, I quite like being busy. So, I, But in my head, what easier looks like is this. It involves living some of the time in Greece on a boat hmm. where I write things and I drink white wine that's about <laughs> three euros a bottle. I live on bread and cheese. I wear a lot of white and in my head I'm quite good looking and I look a bit like J-Lo. But that doesn't really matter. That's only incidental. Brilliant. What I do is chilled. I, I write and I fart around the place and that is kind of chapter three. And I think I'll be ready for it and it may come next week when the Jane Lures come out but I will be ready for it whenever it happens because you know what I don't really have anything left to prove I've no. done the, the high powered high paced stuff yeah. for a long time Pat Kenny's on the line say hello to him Morning Pat what have you got what have you got coming up for us today PK Hi Kira. Um you know now that you mention that I absolutely love the free song uh, between yourself and myself, just at three minutes to nine. Oh, I know. What's coming up, Pat? It's, it's entirely mutual. There's some th- so many things I'd like to say. What's coming up next, Pat? But I can't, so I just go, Alistair Campbell. But anyway, I was really enjoying your conversation about Greece. Oh yeah. Love Greece. Yeah, of course. You I do. love the way you want to go out there and become a wine-swilling Shirley Valentine. Yes. I could be your Stavros. Oh, Lord. A little dance. There's an offer. Me. There's an offer I never thought I'd get, PK. Uzo. I never hoped I'd get. I'd hoped I'd never get. One of those. Mykonos. You keep your Mykonos to yourself. Wow, what a comeback. That's why she's paid the big bucks, folks. Oberime Fide, caveat emptor. What are you talking about, Pat? He's gone. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's, he's incredible. He is. Incredible man. No one like him. No one like him. Unbelievable, unique, unique, uh, sui 
Generis, I think they say in Latin. Um, brilliant. I didn't do any Latin, so I don't know what that means. Brilliant. Um, Kira, it's been my pleasure. And I really, mine. really, no, really mine, enjoyed it. Say. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And I, and I mean, you're everything that I would have hoped for in a guest. And more, in surely. A, in a guest. Is that not what you say? Oh, well, everything. You can't have more than everything. <laughs> you're everything. You're everything. Thank you so much. Not at all. Thank you for having me. And there it is. My thanks again to Kira Kelly, especially for taking part in all the fun with the uh, celebrity callers. Um, you can get in touch with me, of course, about anything. Mario Rosenstock at gmail.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. Mario Rosenstock official. If you can do anything, just tell one person that you like this podcast. That's all I'd ask. See you same time, same place next week. Bye bye.